Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. I'm Dr. Megan Monday. Super excited to have Laura Fowler back, who is a wealth coach and business mentor for high-performing women. So I so loved our first episode that we're having you back and we're just going to dish some more. So um, you know how we start is with the little brag intro. So what are you bragging on today? Oh, well, I will brag, I will brag and bag. I will brag on the messiness and magic of moving because I am moving. We were just talking about, I'm moving from Maryland to California, which is chaos. Um, and is like such a dream because I have wanted to leave Maryland. I grew up here. I've wanted to live closer to the beach. So we bought a phenomenal house in California. It's about 10 minutes from the beach and I'm just so excited to get there. So bragging on reaching dreams and forward movement and all of the joy in life. Oh my gosh. That is so exciting. Yes. Right. Tell us a little bit about, even though you're a returning guest, you know, you've got had a phenomenal career. So tell us a little bit for those who maybe haven't heard that last episode, which by the way, you should totally go check out. Tell us like, you know, what you do. So I am a wealth embodiment coach and business mentor, and I help women become the fullest versions of themselves. So I see myself a little different than a lot of money coaches and business coaches, because what I, what I really help with are the pieces behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and all of the little parts that are keeping you stuck that we don't always see. Um, I was a single mom. I was, I I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional family. Um, So I grew up in a lot of codependency and people pleasing and trauma. And as I started to decide that I wanted to live a different life and build something different, those were the things that got in the way, right? Like I did all the classes, I took all the mentorships, I had all the coaches, but they didn't get it. And I couldn't quite move forward at the pace I wanted to. So that's what I help women do so that they can live towards a life where they feel fully safe with themselves, with their money, where they can live in like the most majestic joy and they can have freedom. So for me at the end is freedom because that's your choice. You have the choice to say yes or no. You have the choice to stay or go. You have the choice around everything. And then you can have a life that you wildly love. And that's my, my dream for everyone. <laughs> I love that so much. And I kind of relate to a similar background and you know, have really like been in recovery for people pleasing. It's a continual process. So I'm kind of wondering for me, I've been focusing on really like putting myself first. And is that kind of like the first piece for the people you work with or, you know, how do you kind of break? I'm kind of curious, like how does yeah. the codependency block, you know, the success and all that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think it blocks the success in different ways in different people, but some of the big ones I see are these really deep threads of like, is anything I do ever enough? And so we, we can't, (laughs) we can't, yeah. Right. We can't actually see our wins. We can't celebrate our wins. Like something amazing happens and we literally just brush it under the carpet because it's just not enough and we need to move on to the next thing. And that's not really a great way to kind of start stacking successes and feel good and confident because you know, you build a business based on confidence and clarity and all of these pieces. So if we're always questioning ourselves, um, that's really hard. So one of the things I'm really great at honing in on is seeing when my clients are, are letting these little patterns get in the way and mm-hmm. kind of lightening them up. So I have a client that I love so much and she does every week. She calls me with true confessions and she leaves me a message on Voxer as like, here are my true confessions for the week. And she just tells me like, I'm on this, I put myself on the struggle bus today because like ABCD, when I sit down and look at it, it just feels so silly. And so it takes the, it takes the 
the heaviness out of the things that we do so that we can become, well, you know, this like a little bit more of an objective observer to, to drive the, drive the, you know, the boat from a more realistic viewpoint. But to answer your question, yes, self-care is so freaking huge because we learn when we're codependent, when we're people pleaser to put other people first. And so we really need to switch that and think about what do I need today? What does my body need today? What would bring me joy today? And put a piece of that into every day of our life. I have to challenge my clients to do like the selfish care, you know, and I have so many empaths and people pleasers and, you know, amazing healers. And a lot of times it is like, let me take care of everybody else. And then maybe I'll be okay once everybody is taken care of, which is such a backwards way of operating because it literally is putting yourself last. And I find so many, myself included, so many talented women really do that. And we've been groomed, you know, by our families for a lifetime. (laughs) Yeah. And I know for me personally, that never enough thing definitely was the recipe for burnout. And even though I was having achievements and success and, you know, all the things I thought I wanted when I finally got to that place where I'm like, okay, I've made it. Uh, I I was just really burnt out, you know, and it's hard to enjoy when you're exhausted. (laughs) Absolutely. I've only been breaking that cycle. So I love that you focus on that. I love it. I love it. The other thing I talk a lot about with my clients is, is doing it messy. Um, because so many of us are perfectionists, right? We want everything to be done and look beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things like around, we just had tax season, right? I'm sure some of us are probably still in extended tax My, season. I know. I'm like, delay, took a... <laughs> yeah. But one of the things I saw during tax season was a lot of people who talk about money, talking about how your taxes should be easy and perfect, and you should like enjoy them and love them. And one of my clients was like, I feel broken. Like, how do I fix this? And I'm like, girl, I'm just going to tell you, like my taxes are a hot mess every year. I hate taxes. There is no part of me that I could ever see being like, I am so joyful that I get to pay taxes. And I feel pretty confident with my money. Like I have my stuff together. Mm -hmm. Um, I just do it in the way I do it. And the way I do it is a little messy. I don't like to track everything every day and every, you know, the way that some people do. And that's fine. I'm not saying that's wrong to be so organized and have all your receipts stapled to your spreadsheet and whatever people do. As long as you have a way that you can get the thing done in your life, whether it's taxes, whether it's tracking your money, saving, you know, finding a relationship, whatever the thing is that you're doing parenting, as long as you have a way to get it done that fits you, like do it your way. And it's okay if it's messy. So, you know, I don't know. That's one of the things I talk a lot about is like letting it be easy, letting it be messy and letting it be, you know, the way that fits your life. Yeah. And I think it's so important in the space because we see so many people and there's so many models. And I know a lot of beginners and myself included sort of are like, well, it's working for this person. So this is what works. And then when you start investing with like many different people and many approaches, you know, it could kind of scatter things out. And I was reflecting on the tax thing because um, I I had to get an extension. I'm finishing Friday. I promise. Uh, But in the beginning of my career, um, my folks had a uh, trauma around the IRS and it sort of gotten in trouble and it led to like yeah. bankruptcy. I'm sure they love me telling this on the podcast, but that's like, we had family trauma around that. And so when I became a business owner with a private practice, it used to scare me to death because I thought I was going to get in trouble. I just saw like the chaos it created and it was a real financial burden and, you know, just the beginner thing of like not knowing what you're doing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I do have an accountant and that has taken like a ton of pressure off and 
that she saved me so much money. Like highly recommend if if you're a new business yeah. owner or existing and you don't have an accountant, like get an agreed. Account. <laughs> uh, but I was just reflecting for myself. Like uh, I really like healed that trauma and taxes don't scare me anymore. And it's kind of been a blessing. My, my accountant has been so busy that she's had to take an extension the past year or two. And so I was like, yeah, like why not take an extension? Like she did it because she needed to. And like this year I just, I was launching and there are so many things going on that you know, like a week or two is not going to make like such a huge difference. But even that used to be such a trigger. Like I'd be like, well, an extension, they'll flag me and then they'll, you know, and, and it's like that fear is kind of a magnet it creates things. And we certainly don't want to create, you know, negative yeah. with the IRS. And so I love this permission giving to just be able to say like, do it your own way, you know? And a, a lot of people, a lot of companies, a lot of wealthy people just do extensions because yeah. it, so I, it's just like this thing that we have in our mind that like there's something, yeah, like there's something wrong with us because we have, we, we aren't tidally tied up and done on April 15th or 18th or whatever it is anymore. Right. Like, but that's not true. It's just a story yeah. that we're told. And so just, you know, obviously don't break any laws with the IRS. Yeah, like, right? yeah. like, obviously <laughs> there are fees. Like the very first time I took an extension was when I had my daughter and I was like, she was a winter baby and I was just like not functional enough to do my taxes. And I did end up owing. And so you do get penalties, just FYI, if anyone's listening to this and thinking about it, but if you pay your quarterlies and maybe you don't know, then, then they don't charge you. So yeah. Yeah. Obviously I'm not an accountant, but that's just my direct experience. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, just not even with taxes, but just in life, like just permission to let it be a little bit messy because we all, we get stuck if we think things have to be perfect. Like, like you said, I have people who are like afraid to move forward in their business because they're afraid of the taxes, but you haven't even gotten to the part where the taxes are a concern yet. Like that's a thing that you can totally take care of. Um, and you can set yourself up to, yeah, you can set yourself up to put it aside. You can set your savings up to put it aside so you can pay yourself first. You know, like a lot of people talk about, there's so many ways to manage things, but just this idea of like, just, just let it be a little bit easier because we make it so hard. Yeah. I mean, like in my experience of having the kind of direct trauma, but like, I think it's kind of like a patriarchy thing. I mean, you know, it's like this big system that, you know, I I think it triggers people because of that. And, you know, I know that that's probably something you focus on being a wealth coach, but like, I think so many women get disempowering messages about money and like, even like operating in the system because the system is not necessarily like set up for us. Yeah. I've seen so many people who are like scared to start a business when they would be like, they're made for business. You know, I have a friend who, um, was working in community mental health and, uh, I just, you know, was catching up with her and she finally went into private practice and I was like, is it not so much more amazing? And she was like, yeah, I mean, you know, there's like growth edges there being a new business owner, but like, yeah, compared to community mental health, like so amazing. And so I really think especially like post COVID, you know, it's such an amazing time to start a business. Like, oh my God, I even was looking at my astrology chart and it was like, you're made to work for yourself. And that is something I've just vowed to myself. I will never work for anyone ever again. <laughs> and it's, it's, I love that, you know, freedom giving that, that is just like one of my number one values. So if anyone's listening and you're thinking about starting a business, I really do just think it's such a beautiful time to start it. And the world needs whatever it is that you're selling and your magic. Yeah. And because you were talking about like people online that we see out there, like, remember that what you see online is the highlight reel, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's marketing. So 
those people are not that 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 neat and clean and tidy and perfect either. That's yeah, just they're the crying marketing. in your coaching sessions, basically. <laughs> not the ones they're giving, but the ones they're with their guests. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And we get so many stories that are like, I don't know, it drives me a little crazy, a little bit on the edge of like, you know, it's only mindset. You don't need any strategy. Okay. That's in my opinion, that's a hundred percent not true. Like, I don't know if you agree, but I'm like, to me, mindset strategy and healing, they all kind of like intertwine. You can't have one without the other. Um, people who, you know, have seven figure business who are like, it's so easy. I never work. Come, you obviously work. You built a seven-figure business. You put some work in. Um, so there's all these kind of like things that are out there that I see clients coming to me and saying, like, you know, I've been in business for a year. Like, why am I not at this place? Because business takes time. Like, it takes time to build a thing, and you have to be consistent. You have to hang in there. I know. I'm like the the terrible practical I love that <laughs> coach out there in the world. That's like very permission giving as well, because like I, like this year working on my taxes. Um, I hit my, I finally like broke a hundred K and I'm like 10 years into a brick and mortar business. And so when I see people being like, we, I didn't have a hundred K a month. I'm like, fuck off, you know, in this, yeah. sense that, not that I don't want, I'm calling in my hundred K months, like for sure. But like, I, I think it's just like, so divorced from reality, especially when people, um, like have not had a brick and mortar business or if they like reach that success very young, it's like, um, you know, like, I, I think it's just kind of, I'm all, you know, obviously I'm all for brags and everything, but I think it's just a little bit of a privileged position in the sense, especially when there's that illusion of like, I'm not working and I'm making hundred K launches. Yeah. Like, that's totally not true. They're showing up for sessions. And what I found is like, it's almost like in the people that I've worked with, I've ended up like knowing them a lot of times for years before they buy a high ticket, um, yeah. Package from me. And so I think that's the other piece that I think people like rewrite the start date of their business. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> like a year or two before I had my first sale. So now I kind of start at like when I had my first, I started when I had my first offer and was selling something, there's all that prep work before, but yeah. I have to remind myself cause I get impatient, especially cause I'm my private practice is paying the bills, but I'm also, you know, growing my coaching practice and it's, you know, I have to kind of be like, okay, Megan, you paid to work for seven years to get a freaking PhD. Like, it's okay if it's going to take you two years or three years or however long it takes, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah, I think there's a little bit of like mythology going out there. And oh, there's great, so much. It's great marketing um, because yeah, who doesn't want to get rich quick? Like everybody does, you know, but uh, I haven't even had the experience of like taking people's like courses, being really impressed and then doing the high level coaching and throwing down like, you know, several grand. And then it's just like, seven sessions, you know, didn't do it because it just like, wasn't enough time. So I think there's just like a little bit of reality check. I think, especially, you know, don't invest if it's going to create like a huge financial burden for you. I think that's like rule number one, I would say. I mean, that's totally, yeah, that's totally a thing that I believe in. I mean, I have accessible courses that start really yeah. low end, you know, at like $99 a month where you get some one-on-one pieces all the way built up because I truly believe that it's a piece of the marketing to get people to pay more than they can pay. And, and I don't want to say promise, but like hint towards the fact that like, you're going to crush it in the six months and you're going to be there and you're going to get this money back. And in my marketing, I'm like really careful to say like in my six month program, you're going to walk away with a foundation of how to do the things you're going to walk away with like immense confidence in like your business and your wealth. You're going to walk away with like these ideas that are going to build you up to having your seven figure wealth and your six figure business. 
you're probably not going to have your seven-figure wealth and your six-figure business in the six months. So let's be very clear. I mean, I have clients that continue on, you know, and work with me for longer periods of time. And I say that just because I think most of the marketing is, is really catchy. Even the brags tying into this, this idea of bragging, <laughs> like, are you bragging to celebrate yourself and inspire, or are you bragging to market and try to pull people in because you're like, oh, I had a $10,000 a month. Don't you want a $10,000 a month? But I'm not bragging that like last month was a $0,000 month. And the month before <laughs> that I made $350 and, you know, like you're really just focusing on these marketing pieces and not that you shouldn't celebrate this win that you had, but what is the, what is like your heart's intention behind it? Cause I see a lot of brags that are like clearly intended for, you know, I'm making this amount of money. I want to leap it up, come pay me. And I'll tell you how I did this thing. But if you haven't solidified it and it's not really just like inspirational, I don't know. It feels a little wobbly to me. I don't know if that even makes sense. It, oh, it totally does. And I, I, I heard someone call it like lazy marketing. And I feel like that's kind of very true. Cause like, yeah, once you hit the million dollar business, like you kind of don't have to market or sell much because all you have to do is like pull out, like I'm a $3 million business owner or whatever. And, you know, people are like, yes, well, I want that, you know? And I, I definitely, um, played the field with coaches. And I think in some ways that was detrimental because I like coach hopped. A lot of them were in like the pleasure community. So like, it was kind of a similar vibe, but when I think about it, one, I wish I had a higher team rather than all the coaches, because I think that's really the piece that was missing to kind of like really have me grow, particularly since I have another yeah. business. And, um, I think just like, kind of falling for the marketing and being like, yeah, this person did it and they can take me there in this amount of time. And so I think also I'm kind of still like a bargain shopper. Like to me, I really like, if I get something like really nice and it's on sale, I'm like, yes, like it's even more for me. And so I caught a lot of really amazing coaches on their way up, which was awesome. Like I got them for 500 and now they're like four grand, you know? And so it was like amazing to like be able to spot talent early. Um, but I do think there's a little bit of a hierarchy there, which is, I feel like sometimes a little bit like, um, sorority kind of thing where you're like paying yeah. for friendship, paying for prestige, I you know, hundred percent agree. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> my little inner child totally fell for that. <laughs> like, yeah. I want friends, you know, I want to be part of this community. So I don't know. Hopefully people are feeling us out there, you know, but I do think it's important to spotlight that because I think there's like an, an, an ethical issue there, you know, especially when we have like the no refunds policy and some of those things. And so I think just, uh, you know, especially when you're like starting out and you've like, you know, maybe are, are paying expensive coaches and, and you want to see that return, it can kind of like a little bit desperate vibes happening, which that doesn't sell anything. Right. Yeah. So I think it's, it's important to make sure you can afford it. Like, I don't even like to use the word afford, but like, look at your situation and decide you're the CEO of your business. So if you were like an actual business, you would have a budget for education and coaching. So in your world, what is your budget? And then stick to that. Like, don't let someone convince you because there are freaking amazing coaches out there that charge every end of the scale. There are coaches that are like phenomenal that I like that are still charging 50, $60 an hour for coaching. And then there's coaches like, you know, like you just said that are like, you know, $4,000 a month, whatever that breaks up to for like two calls or three calls or something. So there is a huge spectrum. So decide first 
what number fits you and then decide what you're looking for. Do you want mindset? Do you want strategy? Do you want someone who's going to like help you hire a team? What do you want from the coach and make sure that the person that you're hiring is not just luring you in with marketing, but actually has those pieces. So ask questions, interview them, because I think there is that piece of like, we all just want to be included. We all want a piece of the magic, right? Like it just seems so sparkly and shiny. I mean, I spent a couple of years ago with um, Jessica Lee, you know, a couple of weeks, like talking to her about like, I just feel so not sparkly and shiny because I just do my business. <laughs> like I don't do all these like magical things. I'm not like laying around with champagne and lingerie. Not that there's anything wrong with any of those things, but it's just not me. And she's like, you're, you're sparkly because you're you. Like you have your own variety of sparkle, but like I get up, I, I go do yoga. I make like a fancy coffee. Cause I love it. And, you know, I go do something with a friend. I serve my clients. Like, you know, I have dinner at home with my husband. Like it's kind of a basic <laughs> life. And then we travel and we do fun things. Like I spent last summer in Italy, which I guess is sparkly, but a lot of the stuff I do is just like, it's just life. And I love it. Like I love my life, but sometimes like being in it, it's just like, well, this is just like life. Right. Like, <laughs> So yeah, yeah for like the mom boss vibes, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm like on the call, like in the pickup line, you know, and I'm like, oh, cuss word, cuss word, like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, explicit, but, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if my daughter turns into like a coach at 18, because she's, she's been like, since she was, you know, uh, you know, four or five listening to these coaches. She's training. Um, she's so been training. Guys, she's been training early on. It's going to be like deep in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's kind of funny uh, to, I, I relate to that. And I feel like people are kind of sick of the perfection and the plasticky like version of it. Um, I mean, it still works, especially if you're like flashing wealth, you know, I think that's always going to work marketing wise. Cause that we're just like, so conditioned to like, yeah, but, we'll just be like, <laughs> Come no. work with me. Rub it all over. Oh, I will like, can I just tell you a really, really quick brag about yeah. that? So, so I, I wrote a post about this, but my husband sold his motorcycle. And that was a point of contention because right. He, it was like kind of midlife crisis thing. He had flipped his, his truck. So it was like right after a trauma and then he bought a motorcycle and I was just sitting there like, I'm a freedom person. So like, I'm really like you do you, you know, but like, it was scary. And so he sold his motorcycle. Like we got like, I don't know, 6,500 or whatever it was. And so we did like the little pleasure thing and like laid it all out on the bed and did our thing. And I had started, I had listened to, I think it might've been Melanie Lair. Someone was talking about collapsing time. And so like, mm -hmm. you know, if you can make six grand, like how fast can you make it? And so you're in the abundance, but you're just like collapsing the time. And so I had started that the day before. And even though essentially it was like his money, um, I was like, there's the six grand, like in cash, fucking right in front of my face, you know? So we did like our little thing. And then next thing we know, we're like, trading in it trading the money in for like a convertible so I'm like oh okay God. like maybe <laughs> this little like pleasure sex magic stuff does work <laughs> I love you so, I love that I so much but it was so funny because you know I do talk a lot about like mindset and manifesting and stuff and and yeah like the things that we really want you know that can be like such a block to manifesting and so I was like wow a convertible was like not on my radar at all it was more like filling my mastermind <laughs> But yeah. then just like having that like easy touch and just like allowing for magic and like letting the universe kind of like surprise you with like a really great gift um, with intention, um, I think is so huge. And so I just wanted to brag about that real quick. Um, That's now amazing. I love that. Uh, I love that freedom is like one of your big things and a convertible yes. to me like represents freedom. 
Oh my gosh. Doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And um, it's kind of like, you know, the people who have bikes or whatever call it wind therapy. And so the convertible kind of hits the wind therapy thing. And it's a little like, it's a little Miata. So it's a little like two seater. And so we're a family of three. We can't all get into it. So it wasn't like a practical purchase, but like, I'll be like, you know, driving around town with my daughter. She feels like a celebrity at the pickup line and stuff when I'm driving it. It's his commuter car, but we just drive it on the weekends. Um, I love I it. I love it. I love it. It's such a source of pleasure. And I really, I was a little nervous because it's tiny, it's low to the ground. Like it was a little bit scary to drive at first, but now, except for the sunburn, I'm like recovering. Now you're down with it. (laughs) You're like, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. So you talked about like the sex magic and being with the money. That's the thing I talked, that's why I actually have this money here. So I, um, I was talking to someone about being with money because we use credit cards so often that we're not often, like we don't tactilely touch our money. And I was actually talking with my branding coach about money. And I think it's hysterical because she was asking, you know, what are things about your ideal client that thread through a lot of my ideal clients like to keep cash on hand. It's kind of like this, just this funny thing that they'll have this yeah. like deep, deep secret shame of like, but I just keep a lot of money, like in my drawer or in my, ma- under my mattress or, yeah. but I really think like we should have money in our world sometimes. And so I did like an activity with one of my clients, like go to the bank, get out money, yeah. put it out somewhere, like make like a money altar, like touch it, like put it on your refrigerator, put it like under your red lipstick. So you're going to have to like tactilely be near it every day, but like have it in your world because it starts to make us feel, and I have hundred dollar bills, but it could be like dollar bills. It doesn't actually matter, but it like, it reminds us that we like to have money in our life. Like we are in a relationship with money every single day. It's just a little bit detached. And so how do you bring that feeling of abundance Mm -hmm. and wealth into your life? And that's like one activity to do it is to break out because you were talking about the sex magic. You know, if you want to have sex on your money, that's fine too. But like, this is the PG version. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I think you know, it's interesting to see like our society kind of moving more towards maybe even like cashless. And I know like when COVID first hit, I like went to the money, went to the bank and was like, I'm going to take a bunch of money out and just have it because you just, I don't know, maybe it's my trust issues or something, but you just never know. Um, and, and I, I think you're right. Like so many people just use plastic. And so it almost becomes, like it's not even real, you know? I mean, I actually think it's smart. It's smart to have a little bit of cash on hand, right? You do never know, like not to be like crazy, you know, extremist or anything, but you don't like, what if something were to happen and you couldn't get cash out right away? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was kind of crazy. Um, when that, I don't know if you remember the, like the cyber attack on the pipeline, um, Mm -hmm. affected us. I'm in Tennessee. And so, like it was our, like, I basically yeah. didn't know about it. Cause I don't like watching the news very often. I try to stay in my little positive bubble, but I go to the gas line and there's like lines, you know, it's kind of like with COVID, you know, with the stores being more empty, yeah. you just like not used to seeing that. And so I, I like was like, what's going on? Why is everybody trying to get gas? And, you know, I think there is a little bit of the panic that creates like the scarcity and some of the stuff. So like, that's not entirely good, but I do think you want to have it's kind of like yeah. a little bit, like have some food, have some cash, have some water. Like you should have water in your house, right? It's the same thing. Like have some water, have some cash, just like, just be set in case. Yeah. Here we are going down the road of like build a tunnel in your backyard. Um, I love it. 
Yeah. Well, I think not making it. fun of anybody that has like a shelter. So no, no. Oh my gosh. I might be at your shelter if we have a major crisis. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> my mom has always been like really phobic about like hurricanes. We lived in Florida growing up. And so that was like always a big issue. And so she's been like a little bit of a prepper and she'll, <laughs> she'll be like, yeah. I'm sending you emergency food and water or like different things like that. But you know, um, I actually had a client that I was working with who was doing a lot of like homesteading and prepping. And that was kind of her coaching niche. And she was like, how long could you go without this and that? And I'm like, oh, well, my pantry is pretty stocked, but like, um, not very, you know, not very long. Yeah. I hope that's something that, you know, we're pretty privileged as Americans, but like, hopefully that's not something we're going to have to like go through in a real way. But, you know, I think just having your basics, I think is part of the abundance and safety and trust. Right. Yeah, I do think, I think that's the core and wealth of like, people get really iffy when I talk about safety and wealth, because they're like, oh, your safety should be in your soul. It shouldn't have anything to do with money, but like, okay. And money also creates safety, right? Like we get to buy the things that keep us safe. We get to have a choice. I mean, I was in an abusive relationship. One of the reasons I stayed as long as I did is because I didn't know where to go and I didn't have the money to like safely go somewhere that I knew that I would be safer. So it just felt harder to leave. So that's one of the pieces of wealth is creating this like foundational level of safety, which ties into all of those things. And then from that safety, and it is soul safety, right? It's monetary safety. It's soul safety. It's like trusting yourself and knowing that you've got it. Um, that's where you build all the other pieces. I mean, they intertwine. You don't have to get totally safe and have all the money first. They all like work together. But as you're starting to build that, then you can build in joy because you feel safe to enjoy, to receive, to spend all of those pieces tie together. Um, and then, you know, the freedom is something that you're building towards where, like you said, you know, it is like an ultimate thing to be, to just feel free in your life, to be able to do what you want, when you want, with who you want, where you want, all of those pieces. Yeah. And that's something I've been playing with right now is like, you know, I have a lot of abundance in my life and like, really my goals are just kind of like pay things off and not have to, you know, clock as many like work yeah. hours. But I've just been playing with that idea of like, you know, when I have gotten like large sums of money, like it was exciting and like really happy, but like ultimately it didn't really change things. And so kind of just playing with like, well, is my sense of security really just tied up with like some fake numbers on a bank sheet? Like, you know, like not giving it so much power and it's like, I already have what I want and then like manifesting from that place. Um, but I just wanted to say like the Maslow hierarchy, right? Like survival is on the bottom, right? So if we don't have money um, or we have yeah. financial stress or woes, like, of course it like rocks our whole sense of self-esteem and safety and everything. And I love that you bring up surviving an abusive relationship because that's a big thing that I focused on in my therapy work. I've worked like crisis lines. I was a victim advocate during grad school and you know, trying to problem solve with people how to leave, like, um, you know, that power wheel, right? Like male privilege, financial power, like all of those things are used against women to keep them stuck in that abusive relationship. Yeah. And so I just feel like people are like, well, why, why don't they leave? And it's like a little bit judgy. I didn't and, fucked up court systems and you have kids oh, and you're worried about oh those, God. you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I've had to advocate for women, you know, with the court and I, it's just, it's so it, talk about a fucked up patriarchal system, both in the case yeah. of like rape or domestic violence or custody issues. I've had just, um, 
really tragic stuff where they just like grab the kids away because, you know, a narcissistic husband, you know, abuser, like just lied, which is what they do. Right. And so they get away with it because it's like built on like who filed first. Right. So, Oh, I mean, don't even get me started. Yeah. It's a mess. I mean, that was a, that was many years of my life dealing with that. And it, it is, it's just a really, it's just a very messed up system. I don't know what the answer to it is, but like yeah. there, it's clearly not functional, functioning well in the way that it's set up right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that is, you're right. Like the bottom line is like the safety. It, it's like having that, that ability to survive, like having food, having water. And I talk about this, like when I have people get on a call with me wanting coaching, because they're like, I want to know how to get the things you have. The Like if they don't have, like, if, if my coaching is going to take food off your table yeah. or like, you know, is going to like not let you pay for your kids to have clothes or is going to cause you more stress than like, I give them free resources. I'll jump on a free call. I am not going to take money from someone who's in that block yeah. that can't afford it because it's only going to create more spiral. And I think that's another, like, to me, misrepresentation of if you really want to get better, you'll figure out how to spend the money. You'll figure out yeah. how to have it. That's a place of huge privilege in, in my, you know, little opinion over here in my corner that you've lived a life where you could say, I want that $10,000 thing and I can figure out how to make $10,000 to pay it off. That is not everyone's reality. And I know we like to pretend like, oh, just pull up your bootstrap, just bootstrap it up and like, you know, do the thing. But like, if you're worried about your safety, your kid's safety, like eating, like water, that is not, that is not your reality. So really, again, just normalizing that we all come from different places and, you know, I don't know, like, that's just like a, like a soapbox thing for me in the, I don't know what you think about that because you work with this arena too. So I'm curious. Yeah. I love that because accessibility is one of my values. And I mean, even just being a therapist and over the years, getting off the insurance panels, not wanting to deal with the patriarchy of insurance and them, yeah. you know, dictating, you know, how much I can make. However, it doesn't feel good to me that people who need therapy, and or coaching can't can't afford it. And so, I mean, and that's like way less than coaching. So, um, you know, accessibility has always been, you know, a value for me. And I hate to think that like there's people, you know, suffering and hurting that like can't get good resources. Um, But I, the way that I like rationalize it in my mind is like the people like from the coaching paradigm, you know, the people who are going to work with me one-on-one or in the mastermind are paying the high ticket prices. They're almost like the patronesses of, the work. And so they're funding me to be able to go live and to do the podcast episodes mm. and to do the low ticket offers and the yeah. books and whatever. I agree. Else yeah. I love that. And, <laughs> and I feel like that balances out for me. Um, the, the sort of like elitist piece of coaching. Cause I mean, it is, uh, you know, it is like a, a luxury item, so to speak, you know, especially the higher up you go in one-on-one or, you know, with the more expensive coaches. And so I, what, what made me want to get into it is just, um, looking at, you know, sometimes I'm saying the same stuff every day in sessions. And so like, why don't I just put that in a book or a video and like distribute it? And then first of all, I don't have to be bored saying the same things all the time. Like these are really good nuggets of wisdom that can help people, but like, why not get on a larger platform? So that actually was going to be my next question. Cause, um, I know I I've come a long way, but you know, visibility fears is, is still an issue for me. I was looking at my astrology chart and 
was just kind of going deeper into some stuff. And I, I had Uranus and Black Moon Lilith and Scorpio and like the 10th house. And I was like, it's all about the, the article I read was like dark reputation and it was basically <laughs> saying something like um you may think you're just living like a normal like mom life but like other people are looking at you kind of like a excuse the word here but like whore um and I was like whoa I'm like because there's this like powerful like sexual energy that's there with that particular placement but I do get like a little frustrated sometimes because I'll look at other people's stuff and it's got like a million comments or whatever and then I'm like posting stuff that I think is like really groundbreaking and I'm like like I'm like not even my like close friends are like giving me a like or whatever you know and I'm like okay well maybe that's just like my dark moon Lilith and my like you know oh maybe it's just like so edgy that people can't even like bring themselves to give me a like so that's my reframe for today but then part of me is like am I putting on my like invisibility cloak you know because the things I'm saying are like magical and powerful and whatever and maybe there's still some like visibility wounds there so just kind of curious along you know because when people rise to wealth I mean lots of people are like consuming their content and buying their stuff so how do you see that like edge up for people so I'm I guess in my mind, it goes both ways. So there are people that we watch who are extremely visible and they use like every little step along the way as like marketing and they, you know, continuously like pull people in to grow and they're, you know, bright and shiny as they build wealth. There are other people who build massive wealth who like, you would never know. They're like the the stealth millionaires. Like you would never know that they have like money if they didn't tell you. Like there are people I know who are multimillionaires who like, I would never have guessed if I met them like, you know, in a corner that they had money probably at all, really. Like, I mean, they're surviving, but um, so I would question that, that belief that there are some people and then that there's probably other people who are telling their truths online, who people are watching them behind the scenes, who are slowly growing their business, slowly growing their wealth, who are doing it like in just a different, like more holistic way. And a lot of the topics we talk about they are edgy for people. Like I could put up a post about wealth and like no one will comment, but then later someone will be like, well, I've been watching you talk about this thing. And I'm yes, like, well, cool. Thanks okay. for commenting. Right. Like, <laughs> but like they were watching, but they're like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to say anything about like my wealth or my thought on money because there's yeah. a lot of like feelings there. So I kind of, I don't know. I would say just keep doing the thing you're doing. I see uh, you out there like shining and magical. And <laughs> Oh my God. I'm like the universe is like, you're totally trying to break me of my need for approval and validation. <laughs> like, yes. First, like fine. Fine. I just I'll think of it. it like, you're like, you're like 007, just doing it stealth. Like, <laughs> well, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to just like self-validate the hell out of this. You know, and that's been a big shift for me. Like I took a little break. Um, cause my dad was having, um, cancer treatment. It was just like very emotional for me. And I'd kind of hit this burnout cycle of kind of working for free and really getting like the business running while I have my other business that is like, paying yeah. me. um, but I took a break and it, it was like very refreshing because it like, I think the shift that needed to happen for me was instead of like trying to, you know, gain the the money and the success and the fame and the likes and the comments mm-hmm. or whatever, building the relationships, like instead just being like, I fucking love that reel I just made. And I don't care if, like people like yes. it or not. You Do know? you like but, your own reels? I like my own things and my, I, my I watch people laugh lot. at me. They're like, did you like your own post? I'm like, yeah, I did. I wrote it. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just automatic. Like click, you know, like heart, but you got to get the ball rolling on that. But liked. <laughs> yeah. I, I've really been having fun with reels. And um, one of the things that I've been realizing is that 
I do have a very extroverted side and human design. I'm a two, six, so I'm a hermit role model, but there, then I've got the hermit side of me. And so I've been playing with things like we are videoing this podcast, but like podcast is an audio only platform. Um, a lot of reels instead of like, you know, having me talking, I've been doing like card pulls or just like different things that are kind of like off camera. And I found that like writing, doing podcasts, just like kind of balancing the, cause I'm still like cranking out therapy sessions. So like I've got a full caseload of people. So I'm always on screen or always in front of someone like having a conversation. So I just kind of gave myself permission to balance out the content with things that wasn't just like, Hey, I'm Megan, you know, this is the Megan show. (laughs) I mean, I think that plays exactly into doing it your way. Like what fits you and your energy and allows you to show up and feel good about it. Like that's how you have to build your business. Like if you're dragging yourself to the mat, like to do reels that you don't really feel aligned with, like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be great for many reasons, right? (laughs) You're going to burn out. It's not going to feel aligned. Like even if the reel's great. Yeah. You know, I think for me, like just coming from the paradigm of like brick and mortar and also particularly like as a psychologist, you know, there's just a lot of like formality and rules and like seriousness that goes with it. And so it has been very therapeutic, um, kind of, it's been a corrective emotional experience for me to just be like, no, I get to be like the full me. I get to be like messy hair. I get to like, um, you know, pull some tarot cards on a reel. Like I get to do whatever the fuck I want. You know, it's been very, very freeing in a certain way, but it's also like that old conditioning is there. And so, yeah, don't let it be fun. Don't, it's not supposed to be fun. (laughs) Like professional, like auto bot here. Like, Mm-hmm. Oh my more. gosh. I give you just the hugest kudos for being in that space because that's a hard space to be in. It's there, there are, you're right. There's so many rules. There's so like, so much of a box built around like what you're allowed to do. And so, you know, like, and it's funny because yeah. as a therapist, I've talked with, I've talked about sex with people often because that's a huge part of our lives, but to talk about it on the internet, like yeah, it's <laughs> that's different. Different that's a little different, you know, like, especially, you know, with the psychologist piece of like, you know, for obvious reasons, like not being sexual with your clients, but then here you are like being an exhibitionist online for your marketing. It's a little bit of a distinction. I've been so thankful for like the people that I met in Julia circle that were also therapists or psychologists, because it's been really helpful that we're all kind of like someone else. (laughs) Are we allowed to do this? Like, are we, is this okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think people have their own versions of that, just getting public, um, getting visible. Yeah. You know, whatever background you come from. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's really innovative to be, you know, these divine feminine leaders, like going for it in a way that is really different from that, like patriarchal version of the world that we've been living in up until Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So for, for listeners, remember, like, just do visibility your way. If it's, if you want to show your face, if you want to do reels, if you want to do posts, if you want to not show your face, like if people like it or don't like it, it's all okay. I really talk about falling in love with the process and the pieces you can control. So if you want to get visible and you're like, I'm going to build an IG, I'm going to show up, I'm going to talk about my stuff and I'm going to sell it. The thing you celebrate is that you showed up. You don't, it doesn't matter. Like you can't say I'm going to celebrate when 15,000 people show up on my Instagram because like we have no control over when that's going to happen. I just like give up way before then if you're tied to that. Yes. <laughs> and it doesn't actually matter because you could have a hundred people on your Instagram. If a hundred people bought your best offer, 
that's freaking amazing. Right. Or you could have 10,000 people and have nobody buy. So we just have these weird things like, oh, we're cool if we have this amount of this, but it doesn't actually matter. Just, just do what feels good. (laughs) The numbers obsession, I think is very patriarchal because it's very like left brain and it's like numbers and, you know, I think there's a place for that, of course. Um, but you know, it's, it's almost like the research bias, like, you know, like you said, like practically it doesn't always pan out because a lot of people have huge audiences and haven't monetized it at all. So. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so it, it doesn't, it doesn't actually matter. So just get excited for the thing you're creating and get excited for how you show up for it, your consistency, your excitement, your visibility. I think the excitement has to come first. Like you have to be excited about it. So like if someone gets on the phone with me and like the business strategy we come up with is like, you know, we're going to build Instagram and they're like, I don't know. I like, I hate everything about Instagram. Dude, we're not building Instagram. Like if you hate everything about Instagram, like let's put it up, let's put up five posts and then let's route them to wherever you want them to go that you like, and let's put your energy there. Yeah. I like that. Because then if they go look for you, they can find you and they know where to find you. But like, you can't, you can't build your entire business. That is a huge part of your life, right? Like, I mean, think about like how much of our lives our business is and, 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 and hate it. Like, that's just no fun. I've kind of gotten that way with Facebook and that had been my primary platform and having like a Facebook group and, you know, I'm. I, I just, it's not my favorite. Um, however, I have like cultivated a lot of relationships there. Um, so I know for me, one thing that just like kind of made good logical sense and made me feel more secure is doing things like um, the podcast or my next thing is going to be like branching out into YouTube um, because like you don't get lost in the scroll, you know, and it's like a yeah. evergreen platform. And so the stuff that you're like, you know, the content that you're creating like lives on <laughs> beyond just like one hour, one day, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of, I feel like has been very supportive to just think about um, having that more long-term thing. And even the podcast, like if y'all are thinking about doing a podcast, highly recommend because it's like blown up. Like I'm on Amazon as like, it's free. Mm-hmm. So, but Amazon now has a podcast platform, uh, audible, uh, like, and that wasn't the way it was when I first started. And so I really do feel like podcast is one of those things that's going to blow up. And that's Plus what I fun. I love podcasting. So I do too. Yeah. And I love listening to them. I love the deep, um, slow media, you know, cause everything's so busy and fast and noisy. Like I, I just, and this has been talk about like fun and pleasurable. I mean, getting to hear, like, you know, connect with you, like hear all these amazing women's stories. It's like, I get a free coaching session. I'm like, okay, now that I've got you here, let me, this is my issue to one, two, three, you know, hopefully people enjoy that, but, uh, I'll be like a little self-serving here. Uh, but you know, it's okay. I do the same on my podcast. It's like, let me invite people on to talk to that. I would want to have a coaching session <laughs> that I would want to talk to and like, get some like secret answers from. So I totally feel you. I totally feel oh, you. Yeah. And like my favorite, I mean, I really love, um, wait, what the fuck obviously. And, um, literally, and you know, the podcasts that I've listened to are, you know, very kind of coaching oriented. What's your podcast? I'm going to have to add you to the list. The magic in the mess. So I co-host with Abby <laughs> Helfer. My heart. And we talk to, well, we talk with each other, but we also do a lot of interviews with business owners and we talk about how they built their business and we talk about the magical pieces, but we also talk about the reality and the mess because I think that gets left out of the conversation so often. So, you know, it's intended for women building businesses. We talk a lot about like being a single mom. We have a lot of single or moms, not just single mom. We have a lot of mom uh, entrepreneurs on, 
And if if, that is a special thing, I mean, not to have anyone that you can like just hand your kid off to, like, I can't even fathom how hard that is because it's just hard to mom where you're generally the primary caretaker. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I built most of my, most of my life, I was a single mom. So, you know, I, I totally get that niche and the issue with those, with all of the pieces there and how you have to think outside of the box and do things a different way. Um, which I think is part of the foundation of how I'm like, you know what, just do it your own way. Like do it the way that fits your life because we can't, we're all different. We all have different obstacles. You know, we all have different things going on in our life and, and you have to really align with that. So I talk about things as like, this is you and your life. Like you're the inner bubble. Like if you're not watching this on a video, like you're the inner bubble. And then you want to layer your business around that. You want your life to be the centerpiece, your priorities, your values, the things you want to do. And your business has to fit into your life. Like we don't want it to become your life as in it takes over and there's no time. I have so many business owners who are like, I don't have time to see my kids. I don't have time to go on vacation. I haven't been on a vacation in years. Like No, we need to clean that up. And then your wealth is like the outer layer of the bubble. And it's like a little jawbreaker, the outer layer. And that's what kind of holds everything in and supports it. And so like you were saying before, you're at a place where when the big chunks of money come in, it doesn't make a huge daily difference um, and you get to enjoy things. And so that's a place where you start to get to pull in more joy and then start to think about how do I set up the bigger structures that create like lasting, sustainable, generational healing wealth. And that's kind of one of the pieces that I work with people on because having generational wealth and being able to step out totally, like I could not work for, you know, a month, a week, a year, 10 years for the rest of my life. Like that's like the ultimate pieces of freedom. And so starting to build those pieces, that's the outer shell that kind of like protects everything that's in your little bubble. <laughs> yes, yes. I know the universe, uh, I've you know, I'm obviously like super into astrology and I'm just finishing up like this decade. Uh, I've got Capricorn rising. So like Pluto and Capricorn has been effing with me. And then the previous decade before that I'm a Sag moon. And so I had that. So I've had Pluto on my ass for like two decades and it's finally like shifting out. And it was just saying right now it's in my second house, which is like the muddy house. And so it's really been interesting because I can tell it's like kind of like forcing my hand to go in this new direction of the business, which is of course where I want it to go. But it's also like, so it's like slowing up my private practice a bit to make me like go for it, you know, but I'm I love it. Like, like having to nickel and dime stuff where, you know, typically I would just like spend and I always had enough money and stuff like that. And so it's made me like really conscious with my money. And I think it's preparing me for like the big money, you know, not to like spend it as fast as I get it, but to be able to really, if you can make do on less and like kind of have to be careful with your money for a period, I think it brings you that like respect and that, um, you know, just that when the big money comes, I won't be like handing it all over to the other coaches, you know, like I'll be like keeping stuff for myself. And like you said, creating that like generational wealth, I think is so huge. And I love, I'm going to go binge watch your podcast because, you know, you know, mess and magic is definitely something I (laughs) feel. There's lots of people on there that you'll love to hear from too. So we've done some really fun episodes. So yeah, absolutely. You should come, you should come join us. You should send me a message and come on the podcast. Um, Yeah. 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 Cause we love interviewing people that have multiple jobs that are like shuffling life. Like, you know, you have kiddos, there's so many pieces going on. And that to me is the reality. The reality and the real heroes are not like, are the people who like have 
built the thing. Not that there's anything wrong with like, you got the thing or the thing came easily, but Mm -hmm. that's the stories that really speak to my heart is like, you decided that you were going to change the pattern and you've done the work to change the pattern. Like those people are my heroes. And I like, I'm just so amazed to hear from them and, and learn things. I know. And I think it's also like, just like the consciousness is raising. And so like, if you are on that leading edge of, you know, a new paradigm and a new way of being, you know, I think it, you know, it's, it, it shakes people up. And so I'm just like banking all these episodes and I'm like, okay, you know, it's going to hit a critical mass where, you know, people will discover it and binge watch all the episodes and, you know, there'll be plenty for them to choose from. And so I think it is just like having that trust and belief in the bigger vision, um, that it's, that it's all working and it's happening. I mean, that's been my whole life. If I didn't believe in the bigger vision, I mean, I, I honestly tell people like, I don't know that I would still be alive today. Like I was a hot mess. Like I was in an abusive relationship. I was bulimic. I was like doing all kinds of dysfunctional things because of the way that my life had gone. And I just, I decided that wasn't the way I wanted to live. And so I, I made a change, but like, had I not done that, you know, I always think we, we have these different paths we could go down. Like if we just made one choice different, I know this is really like <laughs> out there, but like, if we had made one choice different, like we would That's go real. a different way. And I often think like, God, I don't know where I would be if I had gone any of those different ways. Like I just decided to choose this way. And I had no idea what that way looked like or how it was going to happen or any of the pieces. I just believed that it was possible. What an amazing note to end on. So you mentioned the podcast, like, tell us also, you've got your embodied millionaire face group where, what are you selling? Where do you want to send people? Yeah. So come check me out. I'm at XO Laura Fowler on Instagram, the embodied millionaire. Um, I think it's create wealth, freedom, and joy on Facebook, but find me on Instagram. The Facebook is tagged there. Um, and right now I have one-on-one spots open and in June, the millionaire maven, is going to open. So that's my wealth program that is uh, 1250 for eight weeks. So that's my lower tier, like foundations of mindset strategy and healing around wealth. And that's where you can build kind of like all of the tier key pieces without spending, you know, 10, 20, $30,000. It has a one-on-one element. And I built that because I had so many people coming to me wanting to learn about like wealth and not wanting to not being in a place where they, you know, needed to be spending that much money yet. Yeah. And I think that that's really huge. Cause I found that like working up through people's courses and then eventually working in a mastermind or one-on-one with them, like maybe it's like the, the student in me, but you know, people pack so much into a course, like particularly if you're getting started, like sometimes you just do need like the information and the time to mm-hmm. integrate it versus, you know, I think the higher level coaching sometimes I know we're doing like important shifts and energy and mindset and execution and those kind of things, but sometimes it feels like a little less like tangible than, you know, yeah. like modules and like these workbooks, and like the things we put in courses. So, you know, if any of y'all out there are listening and are more on like the beginner to medium, you know, I would definitely say if you want bang for your buck, a lot of times, you know, working the courses first, um, is a great way to go. And I love that you have, you know, things available at every level. So all tears, all tears. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I love that accessibility piece. I do think is really huge. And I I really hope that businesses will be accessible to all women and, and men and whoever, however you identify, you know, that you, that you have the chance to make your dream come true. So thanks. I Thank so you. enjoy this conversation and I will be in touch about the magic of the best. So yes. thanks everybody for watching. Come check us out. I am um, enrolling for my mastermind divide, which is a mindset mastermind hybrid one-on-one and group program. So, come so many me. options to make money and have money and 
<laughs> get healthy. I love it. <laughs> well, the one piece there, I have to go to another client, but I just can't shut up because I love talking to you. Um, but yeah, I do feel like, you know, just in my own work, like, I know a lot of times like my trauma is blocking me from that next level. And so you can write in your journal and you can do some of the mindset in the way that it's talk, taught, but like, sometimes it is like, you know, yeah. a soul retrieval issue or like something that like really does need to like fall in that department of trauma reprocessing. And plus I was just like, wow, like this is my gift of like helping people change their lives by just thinking that they can have it and that they can, you know, change their mindset of like what's possible for them. Um, so All right, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.